0: 6035 Media, Elevating the News. Hi, this is Shelley Roars, spokesperson with the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Making Democracy Work. We have all of the audio of the City Council District 3 Forum and are about to join in, but lost the beginning of the event to include introductions, so we are re-recording it so you don't miss out on any important information. We will join in the live portion of the event at Moderator Introductions with Jackie Jaramillo. So thank you for joining. Welcome to the City Council District 3 Candidate Forum. We are here at UCCS Downtown. Your moderators this evening are myself, Shelly Roars, and Jackie Jaramillo with the Latina Equity Foundation. So, thank you for joining us, Jackie. Also, joining us tonight are your candidates, Mr. Scott Hiller and Ms. Michelle Tellerico. So, thank you, candidates, for being here as well. Your timekeeper, Ms. Terry Weber, our league member, she will be right in the front row. So, be sure to keep an eye on her for that stop sign. Question takers in the audience, if you are here um, or also on our YouTube, you can submit questions. Um, Just find one of our league members, Mr. Denny Weber or Molly Williams. And then monitoring our YouTube is Cita Allen, so she'll get your questions in as well, our administrative assistant. Audio and video needs, Mr. Dave Gardner, Studio 809 Podcast. Thank you, Dave, for doing everything. And co-sponsors tonight and for all of our candidate forums, Thank you to you. We could not do this without you and your support. Action 22, Black and Latino Leadership Coalition, Citizens Project, Colorado Latinos Vote, KRCC, Latina Equity Foundation, NAACP, and 6035 Media. So, what is the league and why are you here this evening? We are a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering voters and defending democracy. We are a membership organization. We are all volunteers except our part-time administrative assistant. And we are not just for women. There are men in our group and student membership is free. So I consider myself a civics geek. So if you are you know, and that's a loving, endearing term, um, in that instance that we believe that you should vote in every election, not just presidential, gubernatorial, um, the big ones, right? You, if you're part of an HOA, you should vote in in those elections as well as every single one to include the municipal one here. So, if you're interested in membership, please contact Sen- Sandra Collins. And again, the great one of the great things about the league is we do not support or oppose candidates. Um, we sometimes take a stance on certain issues, like we do support the tops issue. We support this ballot initiative and ask you to vote yes. And we also believe in moving spring elections to the fall. So there are some stances, but again, I've kind of heard. In the past um, a few weeks with elections kind of stirring everybody up again, that we're a, a woke, some people believe us as to be a woke organization, and use that term in a negative way. Um, but I ask you if Fighting for women's rights way back in 1920 and the right to vote with with the start of our organization. If that's a woke organization and a a liberal organization, then let's have that conversation because that's how we started. And that's kind of how we take the stance on a lot of our issues. So please, let's have that conversation, please, before you just kind of discount us and not want to participate in things that we do because of that negativity. So I would appreciate that. Also, video of this event will remain available on LWV PPR and 6035 Media YouTube channels, so you can check us out there. Uh, all of this is available in our podcast, Making Democracy Work and 6035 Vote, so you can find links on our website at lwvppr.org. We interviewed every candidate to include uh, Ms. Talarico and Mr. Hiller, so you can find interviews of those podcasts that are on our podcast page. As well, so we've really kind of the candidates have participated in many ways to help educate you as voters. So please um, use those, take advantage of those, um, learn about your candidates before you place your um, place your ballot in um, April fourth, seven p.m. is your deadline. By the way, so just an FYI. Uh, Also, Vote411.org. The candidates also filled out surveys for us, the League of Women Voters, as well as another one of our partners, I think Citizens Project, KRCC, and 6035 Media all had surveys. Um, So there are multiple surveys from several of our uh, sponsors. And Vote411.org is the league's page where you can go to get answers on your candidates, and that is now live. So if you can't find any answers, we are definitely doing something wrong because there's a lot of information out there for you. So your forum for tonight is run in several ways. First, the candidates are um, in alphabetical order, and they get to go, they get a two-minute introduction, and then um, between 30 seconds and two minutes each to answer the questions that you, the audience, have given us. The moderators are going to announce at the beginning of each question so the timekeeper knows and the candidates how much time they have. So it's definitely an organized event. The candidates have signed an agreement and have agreed to these rules. And we um, also ask our audience members to agree to a couple of rules. You are not to shout out during the forum. No, no clapping, all of that. We're going to save your applause until the end. Um, if you have any questions, you can submit them uh, to the league volunteers or, again, include them in... Um, the YouTube chat. And now, we're besides myself, again, as one of your moderators, we're going to turn it over to Jackie Jaramillo with the Latina Equity Foundation for her introduction. Thank you, Jackie.
1: Hi, I'm Jackie Jaramillo, and I'm the president of the uh, Latina Equity Foundation. It's a new nonprofit in Colorado Springs, but I'm a lifelong resident. I was born in Colorado Springs in 1951. At Saint Francis Hospital, <laughs> and uh, I went to school here. I even went to Carter College here. So I've done. Uh, I've lived here most of my life. I have worked all over the world. I've did relief work and uh, a secondary responder to famine and disaster relief. And so I've worked all with NGOs all over the country. And. Um, I love Colorado Springs. I love my home. And uh, I've seen a lot of development over the years. And I've uh, witnessed a lot of uh, good governance and a lot of bad governance. So I have a very vested, vested interest because me and my six children, my husband, my six children, and my 13 grandchildren all live in Colorado Springs. And so I want it to continue to be a great place to live.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All right. Um, so we're going to start with candidate introductions. Two minutes. Uh, Mr. Killer, you're going to start first, please. Wonderful.
2: So uh, thank you very much for, for inviting us and thank you for your time and listening. Um, my name is Scott Hiller. Like she said, I'm running uh, for city council district three. Um, I grew up in a lower middle class neighborhood in Sharpstown, uh, That's in Houston, Texas, and um, my neighborhood was pretty rough growing up, and my parents uh, sacrificed for my sister and I, and they were able to send us to a, a private school. And um, we, were, we were very fortunate in that sense. And after Texas, I was able to attend St. Louis University, again, uh, thankful uh, to those charities and those um, organizations that allowed me uh, that opportunity. And there in Missouri, I studied science, math, and business, and I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Geophysics. Um, Most importantly, it was in St. Louis where I met my wife, Kelly. Um, She and I have been married for 17 years, and um, I'm also an amateur juggler. Um, (laughs) So by 2017, I was in a position where I could live anywhere in the world that I wanted to because of my industry. And My wife and I chose, on purpose, Colorado Springs. It's that special of a place. And currently, I am the chief of geosciences for a national coastal engineering firm, and we specialize in very large offshore infrastructure like wind turbines. So, a few things about my credentials. Uh, Direct experience in large-scale emergency planning. I've worked directly with BP, British Petroleum, in the cleanup for the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Um, and I've been deployed by the Army Corps of Engineers uh, for emergency management after hurricanes. And my overall pitch to you is that I'm a scientist, I look at the world around me, and I make decisions based on that approach. Um, Looking at what obstacles that Colorado Springs has uh, for the future, whether it be wildfires or water allocation, um, I will bring a scientific approach to that that I see lacking. Thank you.
3: try to do this same thing that Scott did. Um, Hi, my name is Michelle Tallarico, and I am running for City Council District 3. I am a small business person who has lived and worked in Colorado Springs for over 40 years. I am a family person, a partner, a mother, and a grandmother. I have served our community as an advocate for many nonprofit organizations, as a mentor, as a leader, and as importantly, a doer. I love Colorado Springs and I am dedicated to helping our community grow responsibly while protecting our valuable resources. My goal is to create and sustain a community that I would be proud to give my grandson. By focusing on affordability and working with stakeholders, I will work to create attainable and sustainable housing solutions, less regulation and more incentives, as well by making good decisions on our utilities to ensure affordability for all of our citizens. Public safety is a big issue. We will work on a detailed wildfire mitigation plan, as well as the addition of more wa- more firefighters. Our crime rate is too high. Recruiting, retaining, and supporting law enforcement is key. We're cultivating a better culture between the public and our law enforcement. I am a champion for all small businesses. I have owned a successful catering company for 34 years, starting with $300. We now employ over 100 employees. We have given back in dollars food donations and services to 100 of nonprofits in talking with the community it is obvious that the homeless issue is a problem that we deal with daily as difficult as this issue is I'm resolved to do the research and solutions that will ease the problem for our community I am a bridge builder and encourage community factions to find solutions by finding common ground I will listen and learn and make decisions on facts and what is right for our community I am the right choice for district 3 and I thank you for your vote
0: Thank you, Ms. Tallarico. First question, Jackie, you're up for, and the first person who gets it is gonna be Ms. Tallarico.
1: Okay, Ms. Tallerico, I have a question for you. Uh, one of the things that um, my organization is very concerned about is the lack of diversity on boards and commissions in Colorado Springs. Uh, as a city councilwoman, what would you do to ensure that we have people have a diverse voice on all of those boards and commissions?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, how
3: long? One minute or
1: two? One minute.
3: Okay. Thank you. Um, What I would say to answer that question is that that is something that keeps me up at night. I think it's really extremely unfortunate that we have so many boards and commissions in this community, and so few of them are represented by the Latino um, and Black and Asian communities. And also, they are also underrepresented in terms of socioeconomic um, issues. I find it It is not okay with me, I will rephrase that, that because of the time that it takes to serve on these commissions, sometimes these people are working five hours at a time. It is just absolutely prohibitive for them to take that time off of work, A. B, I think it is not okay that we don't let all of our people know about these opportunities. You only know if you know. And I would work to figure out a way that that's not how that's done any longer. Same question. Same
2: question.
1: Um, Mr. Hill. Oh, Mr. Hiller, same question.
2: Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so on any committee, you know, when you have um, members of that committee, the, the whole idea is that you don't want them all to be the same person. And so I think that diversity, racial diversity, economic diversity, gender diversity, all of those things are extremely important to coming to the right decisions and to coming to really good governance and uh, things that benefit the whole community. No matter what it is, if you have a a committee made up of very similar thoughts, very similar experiences, very similar anything, you'll always look at things in the same perspective and generally come to the same conclusions. So I would actively strive to ensure that any committee that I have any authority over or any input on focuses on getting a wide diversity of thought. And I think that by focusing on diversity of thought, you naturally get diversity of all of those other elements. I don't think we need to focus directly on, say, diversity of race. We simply say, I need diversity of thought, and those things will follow. Thank you. you.
0: Thank you. All right. So second question, Mr. Hiller, you get to answer first on this one and then Ms. Tallarico. This term is two years only. That means a pretty short learning curve, right? Um, And I've got two questions here kind of regarding getting up to speed on issues. So I'm going to give you one minute for this one. What can you tell voters to persuade them you will get up to speed fast? And then the second one I'm going to give you another minute is to talk about How long will it take you to get up to speed specifically on Colorado Springs utilities issues? There's two different really learning curves there is our utility department and then everything else that goes with being a city council member. So one minute for how can you persuade voters that you will get up to speed fast and then, you know, how do you feel about how you are on getting up to speed on Colorado Springs utility issues? One minute for each issue.
2: Great, thank you very much. Um, So as I said, my current uh, profession, I'm the chief of geosciences for a national engineering firm. So I am very familiar with approaching complex, large, multi-billion dollar projects with very little um, with very little uh, briefing up front. So I very often find myself poring over thousands of pages, no exaggeration there, or even writing hundreds of pages on those kinds of reports. Um, I think my ability naturally to take in and digest a large amount of information uh, has been proven over and over again uh, with the uh, amount of work that we've done. Specifically on Colorado Springs Utilities, that's my industry, so I don't think that my learning curve will be quite as steep as some of the others who may be involved, um, and that is all of the candidates everywhere. I work in utilities, in oil and gas, in transcontinental pipelines, electric generation, etc. So those things and any of the aspects that CSU will require us to come to speed on, um, that simply should be natural for me. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Mr. Hiller. Ms. Tallarico, same questions. So first question, anybody that knows me knows that I've sort of approached this last month and a half with a little bit of a nerd no offense to anybody who is a nerd or would like to be a nerd um i have been so passionate and geek-like when it comes to learning all of the things. There is so much to learn about our city. For a human being that's lived here for 40 years and thought that I knew a lot about our city, I have realized in a very humble way that I don't know everything about our city. And so I will continue, as I have continued to do, to immerse myself in all things that I possibly can to be the most I don't know that I will be the most educated but I will always try to be the most passionate and be the best ear to my constituents. When it comes to utilities, that is a huge 1.6 billion dollar um industry. Do I don't have time. For utilities, because I thought I've got like a minute total, one minute, minute for, each, for one. each.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. It was a two-minute total, and I think I yeah we you cut Mr. Hiller off. I am a apologize. Bit on. On. We're pretty I, I truly Keep thought I was
3: doing pretty good. But okay, You're good. um th- Springs th- utilities th- part. Thank you, um, Colorado Springs utilities. It is a 1.67 something something industry. Um, I would agree, Scott, that you know a lot about utilities. I don't know that you know a lot about our utilities. I certainly know that I don't know a lot about our utilities. What I do know is that you would have my promise that I would go into that job eyes wide open with the ability to learn and listen. I have served on a multitude of boards in this community where I have had to solve complex issues. Will they be the same issues that I will find on utilities? Probably not. But I owe it to every constituent, especially my constituents in District 3, but every constituents that I get up to speed on everything that has to do with utilities because I find that incredibly um, important and I think it's a huge undertaking for anybody that's serving on council
0: thank you Ms. Tallarico and some of us yes ma'am we owe him another minute we do because she cuts you short she did you get one more minute for the same question just to kind of expand on that what should we do same question
2: was, yeah no no sure. same question well just I, I sort of truncated my answer on on CSU and and she's right i have never worked for CSU in particular but my experience with other utilities other generators i simply mean that my learning curve will not be as steep i absolutely expect that i will have to learn quite a bit of information that there will be A lot to to digest, to learn, and people to know. I mean, it's not just what they do. It's the networks of who's in charge, who does what, what are the budgets, how are they managed. Those kinds of things can't be avoided no matter what my experience is. So I do expect that there is a lot of information to take in. I'm simply confident that uh, I'll be able to do that. And thank you.
0: Thank you, and just to follow up, the League of Women Voters are a bunch of civics geeks. We are a bunch of civics nerds, so we we don't mind those types of terms.
1: Oh goodness, no, not at all. Actually,
0: no, <laughs> not at all. Yes,
1: ma'am. Okay, so the next question, one minute you get to answer. We start with Miss Mr. Hiller, and then uh, Miss Tel Telrico will go next. Uh, how do you plan on making public transportation more accessible? and through public transportation, make Colorado Springs more green.
2: Well, thank you for that. So one of the one of the growing pains that we have in the Springs is that our neighborhoods are, are quite different. So for those who are living in the downtown area and the West side area, public transportation, I mean, even, you know, just off mode transportation, biking, walking, things like that are fairly easy for us. We have to consider those who are living in the the further outskirts and further away. How do how do those people commute into the city using public transportation? And once they're here in downtown, I, you know that's fairly simple to get around. But for somebody who's out east, out southwest, southeast, how do they get into the city? I think that really. We have to see where the people are who want to use the transportation and focus the resources in those areas. What we want to avoid is creating a bus system that goes everywhere in the city, but no one uses it. So we have to make sure that the areas that we're serving are the areas and the people who want to use that form of transportation. Um, So while I think that that's something to be pursued, that's not something that that I have a plan for at the moment, but it, it should be studied. Yes.
3: Thank you. And would you mind repeating the words to the question? Absolutely. If, how would
1: you plan on making public transportation more accessible and through public transportation make Colorado Springs a greener place?
3: So so I also have a little bit of a nerd answer on this. Um, I have a brother-in-law that lives in Denver, and he is probably one of the only people who takes the bus everywhere, and I applaud him for it. I think that we can do several things to do a better job. I think we need to fix our broken buses. I think that we do need to connect to outer parts of the city. I will agree with Scott's point that we don't just want a bunch of buses running and nobody using them. So that definitely is an education process. I believe that we have a beautifully rich, dense city center, let's do what we can to create that density in other places so that we are more of a walkable city and that we are using Pike Ride and we are using all of the wonderful things that are available to us because who doesn't love that option of being able to walk to the places that we enjoy? So I think it's education and it's also just increasing the opportunities.
1: Thank
0: you. All right, so this question you're going to get one minute for. And I believe, Ms. Tallarico, you're first on this one. How will you work with the other
3: council members to achieve your goals? I think that one of my natural, hopeful, best traits that I have heard over and over and that I am proud of is that I am a natural bridge builder. I find great satisfaction in collaborating with other people. Does it mean that I always agree with other people? Does it mean that I don't need to sometimes push back on an opinion that may be um, a disparaging opinion from mine? But I think that there is a lot to be said. There are nine people total on the dais. Obviously, it was created that way for a reason. We also happen to live in a city that is a strong mayor city. That's a fairly new thing in the last 8 to 10 years for this city. I think it is an incredibly important, um, almost um, sworn, cone of silence sworn, that we do all that we can as council to make sure that, yes, we work with the mayor, but as importantly we need to also be willing to work together. Um, so yes, ma'am. Thank I got you. The, I got the look.
0: Yes, ma'am. You did get the look. Yeah, yes, ma'am. It was. Look. Mr. Hiller, same question, please.
2: Great. Thank you. Um, so one of my one of my great experiences, I've been fortunate enough to work in international business. Um, a lot of these megastructures offshore, they involve lots of clients and vendors from all over the world. And so it's been my task many times to put together teams of people who are Very, very different. And I mean that international teams where we have to come together, work together, and live together offshore on vessels. So, unlike in Colorado Springs, you can't just walk away. You know, you're offshore with somebody for a few months. And I think one of my natural abilities, and certainly something that I've gotten experience with, is keeping that cohesion, keeping that morale. Um, Because, as she said, with this position, what the voters expect is that we work together. You have to find a way, and that is what you've been tasked to do. So that's just naturally part of the job. You're sent there to work with eight other people to get things done. It doesn't matter who they are. Their voters sent them there. So I will only view it that way, that as long as they're on the city council, that's who I have to work with to get things done.
0: Thank you, sir.
1: Okay, next question. Uh, We're going to start this time with uh, Mrs. No, Mr. Hillary. Oh, Mr. Hillary. Uh, How would you manage your work responsibilities and serve on city council? One minute. minute. Uh,
2: Thank you for that. Yes, I I do have a full-time job. Um, I am uh, fortunate enough that that job affords me a lot of flexibility. And so I think it's important that we have different people on the city council, as I've said before, and that includes people who are working, people who know in the now what it is to work and live in Colorado Springs. If the city council is only filled with people who don't need to do that for various reasons, either they've retired, independently wealthy, whatever that is, that's perfectly fine. Again, that's only one perception of thought, one type of thought. So I think it's important to have people who work jobs and are trying to balance those things. And it also keeps your government managed by citizens, real citizens who, you know, live and work and breathe right here in this city and are experiencing the same things that you are, including a hectic schedule. So thank you.
3: I am incredibly lucky because although I own my own business, we have an incredible management team and leadership team right now that is poised to take over and and has started to take over. I also am in a very unique situation that my son has recently expressed interest in the business, which is both exciting and scary, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I do not need... To make the $6,500 a year (laughs) and thank goodness because if I did there would just be no way that I could do this job so I feel incredibly fortunate that I that I have a partner I think that I would give this job I know that it will be at minimum a 30 to 50 hour a week job and that is if you're barely doing it well I believe and so it is my job, it will be my job if I am elected your city councilor, to, to give this position all of the time that it needs so that I may be effective in working with those other people on the dais and that I am giving it the proper um, care and duty of care that it deserves.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, so I believe, Ms. Tallarico, you're first on mine. So every time I come up on my question, Ms. Tallarico and then Mr. Hiller. So Talarico, when we're trying, Mr. right? Hiller, okay, right. so we're all on the same page here. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to give you two minutes on this one, another audience question. What does affordable housing mean to you, and what alternative housing options would you consider? So two minutes, please.
3: Um, affordable housing... Um, is an incredibly complex, you've heard many people say that, so that's that's nothing new, um, incredibly complex um, item to discuss. I think depending upon what your socioeconomic uh, situation is, um, you would define that differently. I think it depends on what your what your role is in the city and what role you have in the job that you have. Very, very quick personal story. My son and his wife just tried to buy a home um, about three months ago. We knew that it would not be a possibility for them, but we let them go down that road because they needed to. They need to experience what that's like. And, Um, they realized quite quickly that they're not at all in a situation. Sam has a good job, he doesn't have a great job. Um, It is impossible for most of the people that I know in this community, including people who are retired. I I have some retired friends who, um, but for the goodness of God, because they purchased a home 35 years ago and they've been able to retire, they don't have the same issues that I do. I think that there are multiple ways for us to discuss and gather together a lot of the private and public partnerships and partner agencies that are so brilliantly doing a job in this space. Um, One of my friends is Beth said She sits in in the back row. I think that this is a problem that we need to continue as a city to bring all stakeholders to the table. It's not a one-size-fits-all answer. I think it's a little bit of a lot of things. I personally Am a fan of infill. I believe that we should be building up our infrastructure. It's already built, and I will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that dirty look. That's you absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, okay. Uh,
2: could kidding. you uh, repeat that
1: question? Oh, repeat the question. question. Okay, where? What? Where, where is the question? <laughs> It was your question, right? Oh, was it me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's
0: I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um sorry. What does affordable housing mean to you
2: and what alternative housing options would you consider? Two minutes. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Um so affordable housing actually is is defined by our government and I'm I'm not sure how good that is, but it's defined as any housing that costs a person less than 30% of their gross income to afford. So that means that for every person in this room, every person in the city, affordable housing is literally different. And that means that for, for any of those that we're trying to help, we're not really identifying the problem in a very specific way. Because if you say, what is affordable housing? The people in the Broadmoor will give you honest, real answers that are very different than those who live on Mill Street. And both of them are correct. They are affordable housing. We also have this concept of attainable housing that our our city brings in and supportive housing. So I think that what we need is specificity. I agree with Michelle, the one size fits all approach is probably not the way to go. And that's also a geographic constraint. Infill, just in general, is is no issue. On the west side, you have a vacant lot next to a single family house. We should add another house there. But When there's more things to consider on the west side, such as wildfires, traffic, size of streets, whether you can or can't escape when the next fire is coming down, we have to be smart about that infill. Of course people want to live here. I want to live here, many people want to live here, but when public safety becomes an issue, we really have to focus on that first. It's not that we don't want things to happen, it's that we don't want people to get hurt in our uh, zeal for providing things to other people. So while I agree with the approach in general, one thing that I would suggest is that we may be doing this a little too quickly. This is a place that's complicated. We live on the front range. We live with wildlife, wildfires, and water allocation issues. So the faster we do things, the more vulnerable we are. The slower, measured, and more purposeful that we do things, the better it will be for all of us, including those who need affordable housing. Thank you.
1: Okay, next question. Uh, this will start with uh, Mr. Hiller and then with, then go on to uh, Ms. Telerico. The, the question is, if you could name three issues for District 3, what would those three issues be? And you have two minutes.
2: Thank you. Um, so for District 3, number one I would say is public safety and, and specifically in regard to wildfires. So from the Waldo Canyon fire and some of the other national fires, we've seen that preparedness and practicing for that preparedness is a serious issue. And I would suggest is lacking in this, in this town. We do have an app. If you go onto that app and you ask, where's my zone, it'll tell you you're in this zone and it tells you whether or not to evacuate. But that's really all it tells you is that you should go. And so if all of us who are in Skyway or all of us in old Colorado city or Uh, pleasant valley if all of you get that alert at the same time and no one knows where to go only that you should go it will cause chaos and problems and those things can be prevented they can be prevented with planning and you know purposeful emergency response so that's number one i would suggest that we focus quite a bit on that for district three number two public safety um, after the lie ordinance, many people made their way into the west side, certainly into my neighborhood, where we have uh, people camping in others' backyards. We have people uh, defecating into our waterways or into literally into elementary school parking lots. Uh, you just speak to the Ruth Washburn School about any of that, and they'll tell you what's going on. So the people in District three need to feel safe to use the trails, to walk the streets, to walk our alleys. We're designed in a beautiful grid pattern that allows us to be walkable, bikeable, scootable as much as we want, but it's difficult to do that when someone is literally living in the middle of the alley. So we need to bring in more, more of the hot team, more police presence, and make sure that everyone's feeling safe. And then number three that kind of piggybacks onto that is the parks and open space. I would suggest that we need to find a way to get strawberry fields back. We need to find a way to improve our open spaces and keep our interconnecting trails open and usable for all of us.
3: Thank you. Thank you. And I would agree with Scott on this. I I may just say it a little bit different. I think that wildfire mitigation, um, as it relates to public safety, is probably number one. I think that it's something that we will um, sadly but truly in our lifetime be forced to deal with again, and I don't know that we are doing – all that we can. And I think that we need to um, create incentives or, or even just create the dialogue for more incentives because there already are incentives there um, to make certain that we're doing all that we can as homeowners and make certain that we're educating um educating the people of the the west side. Um, I would then quickly um, head into the homeless issue. As I was walking through old Colorado City the other day, um, I was made keenly and abruptly and sadly aware by a friend who had had a male a man defecate on her storefront and drive away traffic, um, literally from from the front door, as you can imagine, and she said it took eight hours for a police officer to respond. And actually, she was glad that that even happened in eight hours, that's not okay. I can't pretend to have all the answers. I don't think I'll get in in day one, and I'll be able to fix all of those problems. Um, But I think that it's really important that we do all that we can for people to feel safe and um, secure in shopping, and we owe that to our shopkeepers that are paying um, uh, good taxes. Um, Last but not least, I agree absolutely. We have to do more. I also am a huge fan. You didn't ask about TOPS, but I will talk about it for a second. I am a huge proponent of TOPS. I am one of those people that believes we should be buying as many um, trails and open spaces as we possibly can. And if that includes Strawberry Fields being opened back up again, let's continue to look at that again.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to do a series of yes or no questions. So we're not going to do time, but I'm going to ask four of them and then we're going to go to you. So yes, these are yes or no. Pretty simple. No elaboration, please. Sorry. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty direct. (laughs) As most of my admin team will know. All right. Since the private sector is unwilling or unable to build affordable housing. Would you support the city floating a $1 billion bond and use eminent domain to build affordable housing? Yes or no, Mr. Hiller. Oh, I'm sorry, Ms. Tallarico, you're first on mine, right? Yeah, Ms. Tallarico, yes or no?
3: Do I support the city using would, a $1 million bond?
0: Would you support the city floating a $1, mil, a $1 billion bond and use eminent domain to build affordable housing? Yes or no?
3: I am going to say no.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Mr. Hiller? No. Thank you. Yes or no again? Colorado Springs seems to have trouble getting its public transportation working. Do you support hiring an outside firm to help Mountain Metro improve and expand its service? Yes or no on that?
3: Yes, 100%. Mr. Hiller?
0: Mr. Hiller? Yes. Are you willing to support the expansion financially? Also, yes or no? Because there's money tied to it. Yes. Thank you. Mr. Hiller? Maybe. Actually, I'm going to. So, we had this. We had a maybe the other night. I'm going to have to ask you for a yes or no because the other candidates forced me to make sure I got a yes or no out of you. So,
2: fair enough. Yes no. or no.
0: Thank you very much. Also, yes or no. Do you support a dedicated revenue stream for parks and recreation, excluding TOPS, that will take care of all maintenance and upkeep? Ms. Tallarico? Yes. Thank you. Mr. Hiller? Yes. Thank you. Last one for me, yes or no. Are you willing to put a moratorium on future growth for the next 10 years in order to build up the needed water supplies for existing households and businesses? Yes or no, Ms. Tallarico? No. Thank you, Mr. Hiller? No. Thank
1: you very much. You're up. Wow, okay, you went through those really fast. Okay, so Mr. Hiller, we are gonna start with you and this is gonna be a one minute uh, response. The question is regarding historic preservation. What have you done and what will you plan to do in support of neighborhoods and preserving historic nature?
2: Uh, thank you for that. So what what have I done? I was um, recently I was one of the, the leading voices in trying to get a development stopped in our old Colorado City neighborhood. Um, unfortunately, we were not able to get him to stop from tearing down the old Christmas tree farm on Uinta. Uh, because he owns the property. But we've actively lobbied the city. We've been trying to get them not to do it. But these guys just seem hellbent on ripping down historic homes and building uh, apartments. So the historic assets of this city need to be respected and preserved. That doesn't mean that you just get carte blanche because my home is historic that nothing can happen. But we have to give some deference to this. What's valuable in this city is our sense of place at the base of Pike's peak and our history ignoring or destroying either one of those things is only shooting ourselves in the foot. It, it will only bring bad
3: things.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Ms. Tolerico.
3: Would you mind repeating that question?
1: I will repeat it. This regarding historic preservation, what have you done and what will you plan to do to support of the of neighborhoods and preserving historic
3: nature? What have I done? I have listened to learn about those issues. What will I do? It is my understanding through meeting with several groups, including the Olympic, the OCC, excuse me, not Olympic, um, OCC neighborhoods in the Mill Street neighborhood, um, which I didn't realize Scott and I got a great education a couple weeks ago um, about how old that neighborhood was. I think it is imperative that we, as community members now, I think we will will be judged um, in a good way if we really um, add credence to these neighborhoods. And I think it's absolutely crucial that we do all that we can to support the amazing neighborhood organizations that are rewriting their plans, which there are many, many many that have outdated plans. And um, I would be excited to be a part of a commission that would be Supporting those plans, because I think that historic preservation is very important. Thank you.
0: All right. Um, Ms. Tallarico, I think you're first, right, on my questions. So both candidates, both of you have mentioned increased response to homelessness needs, more police office enforcement. What other ideas do you have to address homelessness? That basically is what other ideas do you have? Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you. One
3: minute. One minute. One minute. Um, I believe that it is not acceptable that we as a community send our men and women into harm's way to go break up a homeless camp without the proper mental illness and substance abuse knowledge that they need. So what I would do is I would work to not only just increase the number of the HOT team and the HOP team, so HOT is with the police, HOP is with the fire department, um, but I would I would try to come up with some um, legislation. Around the fact that we need to be training our officers with more information I just find it ridiculous that we're putting them in this position where they're having to break up a meth Lab and they have never been trained to do so. So that's what I would say thank you.
0: Mr. Hiller same
2: question yeah, great, thank you um, so the um, the homelessness issue is is really doing a disservice by by making it sound so simple. There's a, a lot of groups that are experiencing homelessness. And um, one of those groups is those who are experiencing homelessness and addiction or mental health issues. And so what's missing in Colorado Springs and in many cities around the country is a step. There needs to be a step somewhere between the camps And the housing that's supportive for those who are unable to care for themselves, even when presented with the opportunity. So when you go into an area and you say, uh, can this person uh, accept the services that we're providing? Many of them, the answer is yes. They go on to the services, into the shelters and things like that. And it works for the group of people that cannot identify even that they are being helped. We need another step in there, addiction treatment, mental health treatment. There is federal and state money. I've spoken to some people with UCCS about that, and we're able to um, – I'm sorry, UC Health. Um, and we're able to bring that in. We just haven't attempted it yet. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hiller.
1: Okay, next question. There's. Uh, this is going to start with Mr. Hiller. That has. We have one uh, minute for this answer. How do you plan to involve – residents in your decision making
2: oh that's a, g- a good question i mean um, my office, so to speak, um, one of my promises that I will have to be transparent. That, that bothers me immensely in government when I don't understand why people are voting the way they're doing or why they believe what they believe. So I think it's very important, number one, for me to always explain to the constituents why I vote a certain way and why I believe a certain thing. And we may not always agree, but you'll at least know where I stand and why I stand that way. And further to that, I don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't know everything. I would never pretend to say as much. But we, um, we have to listen to everyone. That um, diversity of thought, diversity of, um, of experience is extremely important. So an open-door policy, I think, is really the best way and only way to go if you want to be sincere in government.
3: Thank you. And I would agree with my opponent. I think an open-door policy is the absolute best. Uh, what I think that I would do that that is maybe not different than what Scott would do, but it but it would be something that I'm looking forward to, I am so excited to walk the neighborhoods of all of the areas of my district. It is incredibly complicated. I don't know if any of you have taken the step of looking at how convoluted, in a good strange way, our district is, right? It goes all the way down to Hillside Community Center, Memorial Park. Um, It juts up to, to Platt, goes up to Fillmore, goes all the way down to Cheyenne Mountain State Park and everything in between in OCC and downtown. So I want to, as much as it may be awkward and as much as I may not feel comfortable, I want to go and visit with all of those people. Will I have answers for everyone? I won't but I want to listen and I want to try to help because you know what their stop sign is just as important as the person in the Broadmoor stop sign thank
1: you
0: thank you Um, one minute for this one Um, Miss Tellerico. first if you got one million dollars to spend in any
3: way for the city what would you do with it if I got a million dollars to spend um, in any way in the city I would probably give $500,000 of it to my friend Beth Rolstad so that she could continue the work. Seriously, I would. And then I would probably put the other $500,000 towards drug interdiction studies and what we can do to create more understanding about drug addiction it is not an easy issue we all know someone i would believe i believe that has suffered horrendous outcomes in the last several years due to fentanyl deaths and due to other situations and so i would want all of that money to go to that study um, and i would look for the best way to spend it
0: mr Hiller. Same question.
3: Great, thank you. So I look at that a little bit
2: differently, and I'll just, um, maybe a little uh, shocking of perspective, but a million dollars even compared to our the size of our budget, that's not very much money. And so what I would suggest is with $1 million, I would find a private partner to match that amount, and I would purchase strawberry fields back from the Broadmoor. And it's not that these other things are even, you know, that are Uh, should be more important or priorities should be in certain places. I just don't feel that that is enough money to make an impact in a lot of cases. Um, The police need more money, but they need many, many millions of dollars, not a million. Um, Affordable housing, charities, uh, people who are working with those in the street need many, many millions of dollars. So to the question directly, if I received $1 million, I would find a partner and purchase back Strawberry
1: Fields. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. This one is going to be for two minutes, starting with Mr. Hiller. It says, one of the contentious issues that you'll be voting on on this uh, is how to balance the demands for more water and an ever-increasing infrastructure with preserving the quality of life for the people who live who have lived here for decades. How would you stride to balance that?
2: Great, thank you very much. Um, At a high level, I want to say that uh, something I've noticed in the springs is that there seems to be a focus on the citizens who do not live here yet. And I think that's been a little bit problematic, that the focus of the council, the focus on the government, is on the opinions of people who are not here and may or may not ever show up. We can't be certain of it. So the one thing I would say is that I will always put the concerns and the rights of the citizens who are here now above those who are not here now. Um, In terms of water specifically, we have to study water. We don't know exactly what's going on. So as I sit here, I can't tell you if we have enough, if we have too much, or if we're already in crisis. I can't tell you that, and that's the concerning part. So we have to figure out what we've got. If we have enough water and the supply is not an issue, then growth is not an issue. If supply is an issue, then we need to focus on that first. We don't want to be irresponsible and bring people into the city and create all of these new water spigots and taps to use a resource that we don't have to allocate. So I would suggest that before we start measuring the drapes on all these new fancy subdivisions that we're going to add to the city and all of this new densification, we need to understand how much water we've got, how we can use it responsibly, and then make plans to do so. But let's not put the cart before the horse. Water first,
3: then development. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Miss Delarico.
3: And and I agree that that the water is our um, is our number one issue. I think we've known for a really long time that it's that it's going to be so. I would be a fan of. Um, it's difficult for me when I'm asked the question, which you didn't ask, but I'll say it. How do I feel about the 128% Water Ordinance? What's difficult for me is that I have to assume that the city council that was present when that was presented did the best that they could with the information that they had. It was a 5-4 to vote. So I have to assume that they had some really serious, hard conversations about that. Is it enough? Was there enough science behind it? Probably my friend Scott knows a little bit more about that than I do. I would venture to say that we need to know more about the water. We need to know about our, more about our watersheds. We need to know more about who owns all of the water. There are many, many aspects to water in, in not just this city, in this section of the country. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist or a geoscientist to drive down to Lake Powell and realize that we are in a world of hurt when it comes to water Issues, so I am really a fan of uh, hopefully a co-counselor of my Nancy Hengem when she stood up at that meeting and said, "I will support this, but I am an advocate of us studying exactly what needs to happen with the water ordinances." So um, I I don't know if I agree with you, Scott, that that we worry about people that aren't moving here. I, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. I, I know that it's been a concern of yours that we work too hard to bring people to Colorado Springs and you don't believe that that should be um, an issue. I think that we are only going to grow and that it would be not sane um, for us to not consider those amounts of growth as the future um, approaches.
1: Thank you.
0: Um. So you answered second, right, on that one?
3: I believe I did. Okay, so in your candidate agreement,
0: and I'm going to give you each 30 seconds. So at one point, you responded to Scott and deferred to him and was opposite of him. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Scott, if you would like to, um, we don't normally do this, but she did specifically mention you in one aspect right there in the forum. Again, it's in your candidate agreement if this has to happen, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds if you want to respond to that, and then you also, Ms. Talarico, depending upon what he says, will have a a 30-second rebuttal, but that's just because she responded to that to you directly, okay? So 30 seconds to respond, please.
2: Sure, sure. I'll just clarify that um, Colorado Springs is naturally extremely attractive. I mean, people want to live here. The growth is organic. The growth will occur, and I'm not suggesting in any way that we stop the growth, simply that The growth should be smart and guided by things that we know. So if we're uncertain about water, maybe we have plenty. Maybe 3 million more people can move here and it's totally fine. The issue is that we don't know. And that's dangerous. So I'm not anti-growth, just pro-studying first.
0: Thank you. And Ms. Tallarico, 30 seconds. Do you need to respond? It's up to you. I don't believe so. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Um... I have a yes or no it's my turn right okay yes or no question would you support a syringe access program in the city Ms. Tallarico yes or no no thank you Mr. Hiller yes or no
1: no thank you very much you're up. next question okay for this question you have two minutes to respond and we're going to start with Mr. Hiller what do you think is the root cause of escalating crime in our city and how can you help change that as an elected official
2: Two. Two I think the the root cause of crime in our city um, I'm going to have to say that I don't know, and I'm going to say that that statement has done me a lot of service in my life, and I'm going to stick with that right now. I don't know the root cause. I can think of a few causes that is um, a lack of opportunity here um, some lack of, uh, you know, public support for certain things, lack of addiction training, uh, um, treatment and training for the police. But a lot of it is lack of opportunity. I mean, people typically commit crimes when either one of their needs is not being fulfilled, or they have some lack of direction. And so I think that that's something that needs to be not deferred but understood very much by the police the detectives those who are in there getting to the root causes of why it's happening and then we can focus on those um i don't have a direct answer to that and that's my and i would i would have to study that a lot more and certainly talk to the experts about that but it's more than likely related to one of those things that i had mentioned and all of those can be championed by government So whether our number one issue is lack of opportunity or it's that there's just too much opportunity for drug dealers and things like that, we focus on uh, wherever our assets will be, you know, will be uh, the usefulness of our assets will be um, used by the police. I'm just not entirely sure that focusing on one item is the way to go. So it's guaranteed that it's going to be a multifaceted problem, not a single issue. Thank you. Thank you.
3: And I I think that I look at that question, maybe a little bit holistically. It is my perspective that we have an issue in the country, in the world, in the state, in the city, with crime. Does that mean that we should accept it and move on no we 've always got to be trying to do all that we can to solve that some of some people would point to the fact that we have um, decriminalized some juvenile crimes and we have reduced the number of juvenile beds in our um, in our facilities while that may be true, I am not a policeman and I'm not an expert in the sheriff's department but I think that we, post-COVID and uh, during COVID, we are a society that, um, that that really needs some coming back together and coming back together with supporting our police. And so what, what I would do, and I apologize, I think this was part of your question, what I would do as a candidate is do all that I could to educate myself on the the parts of our country, it's too much for me to think about the world as much as I want to, but the parts of our country that are doing a better job with crime and try to bring some of those solutions to this community so that we can hope to affect change. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. Um, all right, Miss Tallarico, I think you're first to answer on my question. And... I think our last questions are coming up at seven fifteen so we're still good, right? okay, Are you familiar with the Colorado Springs Creek plan for Monument Creek? So the question is yes or no on that, and if so, what are your opinions of it
3: yes i I am familiar. My opinions are that i don't know that there is enough um, i don't know that there is enough being done to Affect a change that the population will see and my concern is that it's difficult for us to get buy-in as any community Unless our public can see direct change and unless that public feels comfortable going to those areas Um, So that would be my answer
2: Thank you
0: and mr. Hiller same question.
3: I am not
2: familiar with the creek plan Thank you. Second.
0: Appreciate that.
1: No, no question. Oh, oh, son of a gun. Um, there we go. If you are not elected to represent District 3. Okay, 30 seconds for this. If you are not elected, oh, starting with Mr. Hiller and then Mr. Tellerico, um, If you're not elected uh, to represent District 3, what, what, will, what do you plan to do to continue your desire to lead in the city?
2: thank you for that Um, i think just staying engaged um, is it i mean the the good news for district three is that if you if if you don't uh choose me you'll be choosing uh, michelle and so i think honestly district three is probably going to be just just fine and so i will stay engaged i'll stay as much as i can Uh, michelle and i know each other pretty well so i'll you know i'll stay engaged with her to be directly involved with city council as i can but um that's really all you can do as a citizen. Um,
3: just stay engaged. Thanks. Thank you. And my, my answer would be similar. Um, I would plan on going back into some of the the board work that I have pulled out of um, begrudgingly um, and and really making an effort in that way. I also would be really, really fascinated with becoming a part of a board or a commission um, that the city is a part of. Um, I agree with Mr. Hiller that the best thing that you can do is to stay engaged, and I would look forward to that opportunity. And I agree that District 3 is in a in a good position, because there's two two good people representing.
0: Yeah. Very good. Um, okay, so we're going to give you uh, one minute for this one. Voter apathy is at an all-time high. How do you, as a candidate, restore voter trust vis-a-vis like removing favoritism and cronyism from the process? And I'll give you a couple of examples. A specific one mayoral candidate was given access to a fire station um, to... Do a video versus another candidate being denied and in the League of Women Voters access with regards to the hillside community center for our mayoral candidate forum. It was a back and forth. We were Given access and not Um, so how do you remove favoritism and cronyism from the process one minute, please? Miss Tallarico, I believe you're first on
3: my questions. Yes, ma'am That is a really loaded question and um I think it's absolutely not right to treat one candidate um, in one way and to treat another candidate in another way. I think that there needs to be some fairness in the way that that is handled. I don't know enough about the specifics of what happened. I I very much have read about it. I've heard all about it. Um, I believe that it happened. Um, What would I do? I would listen to people, and I— My biggest goal, besides winning the seat, is to get my butt out there and get people voting. I believe that we can't begin to impact or make a change unless we get more people voting. And so that would be my number one plan. Thank you. Mr. Hiller.
2: Great. Thank you. I think the, the biggest thing that we can do is lead by example. And what we can do is be sincere and honest with the voters and let them know what they need to know. Uh, people don't vote because they think it doesn't matter. that Whether or not I cast a ballot, it's just going to be this guy or this guy. And what I can say is that as a bit of an outsider, I don't have any local business interests. I don't really um, have anyone that, that I would say I'm beholden to for, for any reason whatsoever. And so as somebody who doesn't mind whether one group or another is is lobbying me or talking with me, I can say that I won't give any preference to any group over another. I'll be transparent, and I'll be outward and forward with the voters. I think with that kind of experience, the voters will be more inclined to vote next time to see that it does matter. We can get people in who will be honest and sincere, even if we don't agree with everything they say. I can trust that you will do things in a sincere way, and because... And not because of any political zeal. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, If you submitted a question regarding um, a specific vote on Amphitheater 2424 garden of the gods in Broadmoor if you would come up and get your question I need some clarification on this one, please Um, That's
1: and then you're up Okay, so the next question 30 seconds starting with mr. Hiller Are you in favor of open or closed meetings when dealing with ethical violations of city council members?
2: I would have to say open. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and with very few exceptions, things in government should be accessible to everyone. We are all stakeholders in this, every single one of us. There's no reason that things should be kept from the public. And there should be a very high burden to get past if you're suggesting that the public doesn't need to know something. Um, I would always defer to open door and
3: sunlight. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Ms. Tellerico.
3: I would agree wholeheartedly. I think that all of those things should be very much open door. I would have a very big issue with there being any ethical issue that we would need to close the door on. That to me just does not, those two things don't even make sense.
1: Thank you.
0: Quick. All right. Um, got just a few more minutes. We'll try to wrap up with your questions. Do you? Uh, this is a yes or no question, so a pretty easy one for you. And then I'm going to do a 20 words or less question, so pretty fast, okay? So it shouldn't be even 30 seconds. 20 words or less. I know, right? This is awesome. I love it. Putting you candidates on the hot seat, it's awesome. All right, number one, yes or no. Ms. Tallarico, do you support ranked choice voting? Yes or no? No. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Hiller? No. Thank you. 20 words or less. Do you think the 128% water coverage is workable or bogus when it comes to development? Ms.
3: Tallarico. I definitely do not think it's bogus.
0: Perfect. Thank
3: you. That's twenty yeah, words. Was yet.
0: that twenty words? I definitely don't think. <laughs> no, it's like six. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got okay. ten Okay, <laughs> fourteen.
3: I believe again that Nancy Henjum's request for a task force and study is very needed for this issue.
0: Okay, I mean that was about thirty words. Go ahead, Mr. Hill Yes, ma'am. Thirty words or engine. less. Okay. Bogus I'll or sport. workable?
2: As written bogus because it is not fairly allocated among the city
0: very well
1: thank you mr. Hiller okay for this question we start with mr. Hiller you have one minute to respond do you feel police training in Colorado Springs is adequate
2: um, thank you for that I would say no and very simply because if if anyone has any complaints, and whether that's speed of response, style of response, or even willingness to response, then something is lacking. And for any of us who live here, I think we're well aware that these things are lacking. I don't think there's a problem with our officers. There's a, a lack of focus and you know, a lack of um, funding for training and things like that. So I, I don't think it's adequate. I think our police need more resources, more training, and uh, more help from us, certainly.
3: Yes.
1: Thank you. Ms. Dolorico.
3: I agree. I, I don't think that it is adequate at all. Um I think that we again send our men and women into harm's way not always many times though um with little training i think that there is definitely a um a desire for them to be trained better i don't blame anybody in the city for for purposefully putting out officers who are not trained but i think that we could do a lot better as a city to increase the the level of training and the level of um of different courses that those officers need to go through and get checked off before they're allowed to go out into the field.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. Um, 30 seconds.' try to get a last few last minute questions in on this one. Um, Ms. Talarico, you're first. Under the strong mayor form of government, some believe this has rendered city council unnecessary as a legislative body. Do you see any need to fix this?
3: Thirty seconds. I am not ill minded enough to believe that I will be able to fix it in my lifetime. I don't like that there are people who believe that and I am so sorry, I can't remember exactly what you what you called it. Do you mind repeating just the middle of that question? Sure. Some
0: have some believe that this this has rendered city council super superfluous is what they actually put but i had to look that up and for unnecessary as a legislative body and (laughs) i that that that
3: really offends me it offends me for several reasons i don't think it's super superfluous i think that with the strong mayor it is our job to be the legislative body governing and if you read the city charter and you read the description of our city council you would understand that it is necessary that there be both. Thank
0: you, ma'am. 30 seconds. Mr. Hiller, same question.
2: Great. I think um, part of the beauty of our system is the checks and balances, and checks and balances are very important. Um, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I suggest that the city council needs to work a little bit to claw some of that power back. The City Council also can't be all-powerful because you end up in the same position. I I support a balance of power between judicial, legislative, and executive branches. I do think that the mayor has gotten a little too strong, and it's probably the obligation of the City Council to claw that back a little bit. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Hiller. All right, last question. Last question. Mr. Hiller, starting with you, you have one minute to respond to this. Do you believe that we should continue to promote tourism— and if if not how would small businesses view your decision to cut spending for as an example visitors COS visitor Colora, I, visit Colorado. visit colorado okay they wrote it funny visit COS. <laughs> okay
2: sure so uh, visit COS is funded uh, my understanding is nearly 100% by the lart tax the lodging and rental car tax and most of the the visit COS is is based on marketing i I have a hard time believing that without marketing, people wouldn't realize that Colorado Springs is a good place to visit. I have a hard time believing that people come here because of the marketing of Visit COS. So while I don't support cutting Visit COS, I do believe that any increases to the LART tax should probably not go uh, to marketing or tourism events. But thank you.
3: Thank you. I probably have a polar opposite view to this i wholeheartedly support visit cos and i wholeheartedly support lart to the point where i do believe that it is time for us to consider a higher lart level we are one of the smallest We're one of the states that pays the least in the entire country for LART. Having said that, I agree we're a beautiful city. Do we need to be pandering for people to come here? Maybe, maybe not. As a small business owner, I would be lying to you, Scott, and Room, if I didn't say that it is absolutely imperative that we have visitors that come to this city who decide that they want to live and work here and make this their homes? So I am very supportive of Visit COS, and I'm proud of what they have accomplished.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. And I, I lied. I think this um, we have 7:15. According to our agenda, was supposed to be the last question. So there was one. Um, card that i sent out that i was wanting some clarification on but i do remember most of it yes or no in the last two questions for me very simple would you if you were on council would you have voted for the amphitheater yes or no ms tallarico no thank you mr hiller no 2424 garden of the gods that up uh, the complex? No. Thank you. Mr. Hiller? No. Perfect. Those are my last two questions. You don't have any others, right? Okay. Awesome. So we are going to now get to your candidate closings. You will each get one minute. We started with Mr. Hiller at the beginning. Ms. Tellerico, you will be first with your candidate closing for one minute, please. Thank you. Um.
3: I would very much like to thank um, the League of Women Voters, everyone that's been here this evening, and for the opportunity for all of these forums to share our opinions. I believe that I am a very strong candidate, given that I have run a business and understand how to uh, monitor and deal with the ins and outs of a budget on a daily basis. I would be lying if I didn't say that there were many years that it was a struggle to have our business. But um, I am very confident that I would be a fair-minded individual who would listen to learn and weigh the facts accordingly. I do not have an agenda to be a rubber-stamped, bought person by anybody or anything. I want the best for this city. This is too difficult a time, and I would ask for your support and your vote.
0: Thank you, Ms. Tallarico. Mr. Hiller.
3: Great, and thank you very much again
2: to the League of Women Voters for putting this on. I believe that most of us have the same concerns about our city Now we're all worried about the same stuff. How do we make sure that our loved ones are safe in case of wildfire? How do we care for our homeless neighbors while maintaining our safe and sanitary society that that we all expect? How do we balance the need to accommodate and plan for the inevitable growth that we all know is coming while keeping unbridled and irresponsible growth in check? I'm asking for your vote because I will give the current citizens concerns the priorities that it deserves when making decisions about land use. I will also use an evidence-based approach to making critical decisions about our public resources and safety. I believe that the perspective that I would offer as a member of the council is unique and necessary as we plan for the future. Keeping Colorado Springs magnificent into the future will require input from all of us. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.
0: Can we get a round of applause for both of our candidates, please? Very good. Thank you so much for all of you to attending. Thank you so much to my other moderator, Miss Jackie. Again, we are both voters of District Three, so uh, hopefully all of you are District Three as well. Um, thank you to our co- co-sponsors, and again, thank you for taking the time tonight. I know this is somewhat dry material, but we do appreciate you being an active and engaged voter and participating in the process. Um, We do have a couple, we have another mayoral forum this Saturday. It is specifically on water, transportation, and the environment at the Hillside Community Center from one to three, so we hope you can join us there. Community conversation, this is a monthly event that we do. We try to do it at least once or twice a quarter. That is next Saturday, March 25th. Our Conversation this month is on domestic violence. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, it's one of the biggest issues that we have as women. Um, approximately ninety-seven percent that die from a gun are actually women. With the re- regards to domestic violence incidents, so we do hope you will join us. We actually have police, a lot of advocates, several domestic violence survivors um, in that on that panel. So it should be a great discussion. Um, and just coming to out of that like we do even this forum is we just want to do better we want you to be a better educated voter so we again appreciate you being here tonight thank you to dave in the back thank you again to our candidates and um, again to all of you we appreciate you so much thank you very much thank you youtube as well